name is Jerry. Just um, just be aware that I'm trying to um, I'm trying to be polite. Just like like uh, I have Steve Casey here now. I could call him Stephen. Uh, did your mother and father ever call you Stephen, or when they were angry angry at you, or uh, or or did they always call you Stevie? <laughs> well, what do they call no. you anyway? Um, Good morning. It's interesting you say that. Uh, there were times when I was called Stephen, uh, <laughs> and there were times when I was called other things as well. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I it was usually Steve until uh, mm -hmm. until somebody hit the roof, and then Stephen Stephen was appropriate for some of those uh, occasions. Steve lives in Wasaki, but I was um, at our meet and greet. I was talking with a couple of his relatives, and we were reminiscing about Dorchester uh, because I spent a lot of time uh, in that uh, section of Boston when I was a kid because uh, I had uh, my father's uh, sister and and so forth. They lived on Park Street in uh, in Dorchester at the time, Stevie when <laughs> when the. When the middle of the road had actual uh, streetcars there, so you can mm -hmm. tell how old I am. Um, so, um, but it was nice uh, reminiscing with the. Uh, I think it was your father and your uncle. I'm not sure who, yes, who uh, was there. That was uh, likely my dad and my uncle. Uh -huh. uh, my dad and my uncle Bill probably, um, and possibly my uncle Jack was there as well. But all all of them uh, grew up in Dorchester. Yeah, we were talking about. Yep. The changes in Dorchester over over the years. Now, did you grow up in an, another section of uh, of Boston, or uh? well, I until I was three years old, uh, my family lived. Uh, when I was born, my family lived at Thomas Park on uh, in South Boston, mm -hmm. which is uh, right, literally directly across from what was South Boston High School at the time. Yeah. Uh, and that was right. A lot of history there. Well, and that was it was right. Nineteen. I was born in nineteen sixty eight, mm -hmm. and of course the race riots uh, all happened uh, sixty nine and seventy. Mm -hmm. um, so well, we were present for that, um, uh, not in any capacity to remember it. Uh, and then we moved to uh, in I think it was nineteen seventy one. Uh, we moved to uh, Melrose, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, for those guys, though, Bill and your father, uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of memories of that. But we're not going to talk about yeah. that today. We're well, going to talk I, about I spent that. some time living in Dorchester during college. My first two years at Boston College, I uh, I lived at my the house my dad grew up in, at my grandparents' house, mm -hmm. uh, with my grandmother and my great-aunt at the time. And uh, I spent two years commuting uh, from that location to, uh, to Boston College. All right. Let's talk about um, a whole bunch of things. Uh, let's see, I, I squared away my pronunciation of uh, Mr. Leonard, so I got, I got that by the boards. And now uh, I think I'm in a good position to get into uh, this interview. Anyway, the first comment is going to be the easiest one of all, uh, like uh, post-September uh, 5th uh, thoughts. Um, what was going in through your mind September 5th evening when the results came about? And then what were you thinking about the next day after as you kind of reflected on what went on? Uh, first, uh, first evening, um, I was, I was, uh, I was a little more surprised than most, uh, regarding, uh, regarding the placement, um, as far as uh, coming in fifth place, uh, and the amount of votes that, that, uh, everyone received, <coughs> excuse me, percentage wise, um, so, uh, I was a little bit surprised, but, but, um, you know, I, I wasn't, uh, wasn't overwhelmed by it, um. And for me, you know, this is politics. It's you, you accept the the voters, uh, 
you know, the voters speak and you accept that and you move forward from there. You use the word surprise. Um, so that's a neutral word. Is, were you, is that mean disappointed or um, surprised at the, well, what does it mean? Well, I don't like to lose, Raj, you know that. And mm-hmm. so, so there was a little bit of disappointment in that. Um, but I think from a, from a uh, general standpoint, I think we did a really good job. Uh, and there, there's a lot of factors that go into a uh, political campaign, as you well know. Um, so I think we did a really good job with the resources that we have. And by resources, I'm talking about, you know, money. Uh, and so you, you, you do the best with what you have. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, was there a little bit more money uh, involved or an opportunity to spend a little bit more money on certain, uh, in certain ways? I think that would have uh, changed the result quite a bit uh, for us. So uh, over, over, but overall, I think... Uh, the message, the message that we have is good, and, and I say that we have because that's my continuing message: is you know working, working together, bringing people together who usually don't agree on things uh, to get things done. That's what this country needs. That's what this state needs. Uh, so we got to keep moving forward in that direction. Um, so I think messaging, messaging wise, uh, was very good. Uh, my opportunities uh, to appear on TV before the public were limited to. Uh, the debates and the forums that we had, and uh, so I did. I did my very best to be uh, number one, well prepared, uh, and very uh, you know put myself in a very uh, professional light, uh, which I think which I think I did. I'm very, I'm very proud of the work my team did with with me on that for preparation, uh, but also uh, presentation. I'm not much of a television watcher, but I did see some TV commercials. Were you able to buy any television time? Uh, no, the the uh, that was out of my out of my budget range uh, to be able to do that. I mean, uh, the it, it was interesting because during um, the during late July is when they started to come out with the TV ads, and uh, there was there was a a news article. I mean, it it was it was a it was a a news event that uh, one of the candidates had purchased. A two hundred and fifty thousand dollar media buy. That was Carlson, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't like to tell you. I don't like to say people's names. Uh, and but I remember the story. Yeah, you public. could you could say everyone's name, but but that's true. So yeah. so first off, uh, you know, he spent all this money, and he spent a lot of personal money uh, in the campaign, and and that's all, that's all fine. I and mean, when you have resources, uh, you know, you, you do that. You use use your resources. Uh, but you know, interestingly enough, that became a media story. Just the fact that he was buying the time. Uh, and then the commercials came out, and and uh, so you know you look at uh, you look at presentation and and what people talk about on their commercials and things like that, and and that's how you that's how they present themselves, package themselves, and uh, and get themselves to be a little bit better known. It is a very you know half the state, although Rhode Island is a small state, uh, half the state of Rhode Island is a very large district to cover in a campaign. I don't want to demean uh, the the radio business, uh, so forget that uh, you're on radio and forget who I am. Yeah. How important is television in in a campaign? Let's say that you did have uh, the resources. Uh, how, how could you have moved from five up to uh, two or three? I I or think one? I think that uh, I think that there would have been a significant had I had you know the money to spend. I think that would have been a, a significant difference. Uh, it's all about name recognition. Uh, it's all about face recognition. Some people, uh, you know, 
you can you can uh, make a judgment. Some people will say, hey, that guy looks like he can do the job. That guy looks like a congressman. That guy looks like somebody that I can relate to. Yeah. Uh, and depending on the commercial, you know, and what you do. Yeah, you know, great, I look good in a suit, but, you know, I look okay jumping off a fire truck as, as well. So maybe that would be part of the campaign. Or petting someone's dog, you know, talking to, talking to some folks. Um, it's, all, it's all how everything is presented. And, uh, you know, media, media is, a very, is a much stronger influence now uh, and and as well as social media, as uh, very strong influence within the within the political campaigns these days. So I think that that uh, that would make a big difference. Um, I would say if I had the, if we were talking about having equal money, or let's say if you want to go across the board and say if I had the average amount of the top three, uh, or four, um, or top three or four candidates uh, to spend. Then I think that uh, that would be that would have made a significant difference uh, within within the results. Steve Casey is with us. This is a caller that wants to say uh, hello or maybe ask a question. Then, sure. I, then I have a, a whole bunch of questions uh, on the background of a campaign because it's tough for me to uh, see it from um, um, from the uh, vantage point that I, I'm in. I just see it from you know one one pair of eyes and um, and and like television advertising the quality of the debates and so forth i i've, I've got a bunch of questions no. yeah and also um one of the questions coming later in the program while i still have it on my mind is you're a legislator and when we uh, reconvene the legislature in the month of um january i'm looking at the committees that you're on housing and uh, labor and veterans affairs and so forth um, do you, uh, th- this is not a question you have to answer now, but later, do you think that um, with the Sabina Mato situation and, and, and the stuff that happened, that there'll be some new laws introduced uh, to uh, direct the Board of Elections and direct, direct the local canvassing authorities to um, handle um, not only mail ballots, but uh, signature gathering and so forth, whether in fact we need a revamp of uh, the system out there, or do you think it's a pretty good system? In the meantime, we'll take some calls here as the order that came in. So what would you like to say to uh, Steve Casey? A couple of things, but but, uh, two for sure. I'm very, very surprised that you did not win, uh, Casey, because I think you you would have been good for us. But I think there were just too many people running in there just took uh, votes away from the better ones. And I think they should find some way to limit it to only maybe six, four or six people uh, to run because otherwise the votes are all split and nobody really gets a big majority. Now, my last question is, while you're still in the state house, Governor McKee has lost my vote. Because he wants all electric cars. Okay, all electric cars. I'm surprised the gas stations are not jumping up and down. But now they collect a lot of money off the gas tax. If they don't get that, how do you think they're going to make up the difference for the loss for people not buying gas? Well, there'll be. Thank you for your call. 
Yes, thank you. And thank you for your kind words. Uh, I wish I had uh, been successful as well. So uh, I, I think that um, uh, with regard to your, your question first or your statement regarding uh, the number of people in the campaign, um, this is – we got to keep in mind, uh, you know. I, I understand uh, you, when we started when we started this election, uh, th- there were thirty five people that drew papers to run for office, mm-hmm. and then it pared down to at one time I think it was uh, fifteen, and then the final of uh, of twelve. There were ten Democrats and two Republicans um, that were finally what we call certified to 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 run, certified on the ballot. Um, I understand uh, what you're what you're saying regarding uh, you know having a, a smaller number of people, uh, but this is America. This is everybody has the right to run for office and uh, to take that opportunity and take that chance. So I I won't I, I I won't agree with you that you know they should limit it. Um, I can understand uh, I can understand. You know that sometimes it create it may create a more confusion, or somebody may say, "Well, I like this person, I like that person," um, but but for uh, for all intents and purposes, it is America. We have a constitutional right. Everybody has a a right to representation and a right to to actually you know run and and uh, and want to become one of those representatives. Uh, so I I. For me, uh, there wasn't a problem with the 10 people. And for me, uh, you know, I think uh, I separated myself a little bit from the other candidates. Uh, You know, when you looked at the debates and some of the questions that were asked as a group, uh, I was I was the one Democrat that differed uh, from a lot of people uh, with regard to certain questions. So (coughs) I don't think that uh, it's to me to me, the the top the top three or four candidates were all, all <clears throat> generally of the same ideology and mix. It was just a question of who you wanted to, who you wanted to be your representative. Whether it was, uh, you know, a certain person uh, from a certain district or a certain certain current office holder, and and that's, uh, you know, that's everybody's choice. <clears throat> Sorry, you know, a little bit. Uh, that's okay. You've got water. Mm-hmm. And she had a second part of her question on electric cars and all that. Yes, so to the electric cars and, and uh, you know, Rhode Island and the United States are moving aggressively or trying to move aggressively to a blue-green economy. And the, the goals, you know, from my standpoint, the goals are laudable. We know that climate change has to be addressed in some fashion. Um, but... Uh, you, you are correct. We're, you know, we're looking at uh, you know rules and regulations that have been promulgated, and they're saying that we need to have all electric vehicles or no carbon footprint by a certain date and time in the near future. Uh, that's all great. We can mandate anything we want, but to to put those types of uh, rules and regulations, number one, on businesses and on the consumers themselves. Uh, you know, when you say, hey, well, you're not going to be able to have a uh, a gas-powered vehicle. Well, have you looked at the prices of electric vehicles right now? Uh, so they're expensive. Um, where are we going to plug them all in? I think that the, the United States itself, and I made this point throughout the campaign, uh, the United States itself has, uh, has to address... Um, a grid infrastructure problem more than anything to be able to accommodate uh, what we're trying to do. Um, you know, you can you can produce as many uh, 
as many gener wind generation systems and wind farms and, and all of these things that are going to uh, put this uh, extreme, uh, uh, you know, additional load on our current grid system, which is, you know, has had its failings and, and is uh, sometimes unstable. There are, there are states within the country that are experiencing rolling brownouts, um, if you look at California and things like that. So there are things that need to be addressed from an infrastructure standpoint first, I believe. Uh, like I said, I, I'm, not, I'm not a naysayer. I'm not saying that we, we don't need to, to move to a much more blue and green economy. But we have to do it in a fashion that's responsible uh, to, the, to the, the people of America, to the consumers. I mean, we're, we're paying incredibly incredible electric rates now. Uh, you know, we Rhode Island has one of the first uh, wind farms. We get the five the five uh, generation systems off of Block Island, uh, but that hasn't lowered anybody's electrical rates, and, and we've had an increase in electrical rates. So, uh, you know, where's the savings? What what what's happening? Uh, we're supposed to be doing this. Uh, yes, we're, we're doing this for the environment, but we we're, it's also been sold to us as a. Uh, much more cost-effective way of producing energy, and we haven't seen that part of it as well. So we have to. I think we have to address things from a, uh, you know, a really. Um, we got to take a take a look at everything, but from a responsible standpoint, we really need to be sure that uh, the infrastructure system can handle this. That there's an, there's going to be enough chargers for all these electric vehicles, and I think I think. I think what it does is, you know, if at some point it, it limits uh, it limits your freedom. If you can only travel X amount of miles on your vehicle or in your vehicle before you have to stop and charge it up, uh, then you know we're 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 limiting people's ability to to move about what I call freely, uh, and and that's also a, an issue for me. We'll grab our next caller in a second, uh, but uh, things learned in the campaign. So I followed your campaign as closely as I could. One of the things I learned at the beginning of the campaign, and I think you learned, and maybe it'll help you as a legislator uh, in your uh, January session. In going into this campaign, you visited a whole bunch of small businesses around the state. Uh, and you, uh, you talked about that early in the campaign. Uh, and were you aware before the campaign that we have hundreds of small businesses with... Uh, <clears throat> 50, 60 employees all over the place there. Is, is a, and what does that mean? And, and how does that, did that change any of your thinking? Uh, well, uh, Roger, I've been involved with uh, the small businesses uh, for quite a bit of time. Actually, myself and, and Rep Phillips uh, as well have, have, have really focused a lot on, on small business throughout the state. Uh, along with Marianne Shellcross-Smith from, from uh, Lincoln. And, uh, you know, we've all been recognized for our support of, of the small businesses throughout the state. Uh, but there, there's a hundred, you, you say hundreds, there's 155,000 small business, what are considered small businesses in Rhode Island. It's, 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 it's well over 92% uh, of, of Rhode Island's economy. Wow. Um, so, so you know, we we are a small business state. We need to we need to be able to support um, small businesses. We need to we need to be able to support uh, you know entrepreneurship, you know, to continue. Uh, and and we have business incubator uh, areas throughout the state. And you know, we're really working to try and create innovation hubs and those types of things that are going to promote the businesses because what we have. 
in Rhode Island is a population of people that are great at doing one thing. You know, you got somebody who is a great cook. They're a great chef. And they have an opportunity to, you know, they've got, they've got some popular items and they can open a restaurant possibly or open a, have a food truck or that type of thing. But, but they don't have the, uh, the business acumen to be able to do that. Uh, to run it, so there there are um, business small business associations uh, throughout the state that that help uh, companies address those issues, so they can get off the ground. Um, and those that, that's really important here in Rhode Island. So you answered my question. It wasn't a revelation. It was something that you had been doing all along, and then you integrated it into your campaign. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I just I you know it's difficult when you when you say. Uh, you know, a lot of people in Rhode Island don't realize how how reliant we are on the small business community. I didn't. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's the lifeblood of our state's economy. And when you start to uh, create laws or more, you know, have more stringent uh, regulations, um, you're, you're hurting the you, you are hurting the economy. Let's grab this call and then we'll grab a break and. Get to some other issues, uh, like the one I mentioned uh, I'd like to ask him about. Hello. Good morning. First of all, Mr. Casey, I did vote for you. Oh, thank you. Secondly, in this, the way the world is today, you had two things against you, race and sex. And if people may say I'm wrong, but I believe people are being given jobs, given, uh, like our lieutenant governor, uh, positions that they are not qualified for, but it's the popular thing to do. That's it, right? You spoke about the Constitution. I can see that. But down the line, it hurts a community and a state. And unless this is rectified, we're going to get people like uh, the gentleman running against Mr. Leonard who may have been from this area, but he's a, a Washington Gopher. What has he done for Rhode Island? Nada. He oh. left as soon as that degree was here, and he got some Gopher jobs in Washington. All right, we know you're but not going to vote up. for Gabe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, thanks, <laughs> Mr. Uh, don't give up the ship, young, young man. Okay. And, uh, I liked your biography since my son got married to St. Bridget's in Southie. A Farragut pub, the pub is no longer there. Rehearsal right. dinner, uh, Anthony Pier 4, and <laughs> right. uh, we're, we're, they lived on O Street. All right, we don't need uh, a uh, geographical outline of Boston, but we do need an answer from Steve Casey I, as to w- whether she's... Whether you want to talk about anything she offered. So I, I want to thank you first for your support through my election. And I appreciate that. And there's a lot of people in Woonsocket who <clears throat> who really came out and, and did a great job of supporting me. Um, you know, you, you can talk, <clears throat> excuse me, you can talk about um, race, uh, you know, and gender uh, as an issue. But, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, we, we had an election. Um, and those people were elected, um, whether, you know, whether they received their votes for a certain reason or not, uh, we can't determine that. And, and I, and I understand it. Um, so for, for me, um, you know, if you can only win, if you get more votes than the other guy, 
on the other girl. And I think that that's, that's what's important. So, so you, <clears throat> you drive your campaign in that way. Um, I've always been uh, a proponent of, you know, having the most qualified person receive a job. Um, and that's okay. And, and that's, that's good. But, you know, in an election, that may not happen. Um, because somebody may be elected because they're just popular. Somebody may be elected because, you know, they're a guy or a girl. Um, and, and that's, and that's okay. That is not, that is the current system that, that we, that we live under. Um, but for me during the campaign, my, my goal was to present myself professionally and, um, to, to try to have people realize that of that group, and I will say that I, w- I was and am the most qualified person to 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 do that job. Um, but that's not how that's not how things turned out in the election. So, it, you know, it, it's a it's a funny it's a funny way of doing things. So maybe next time I just try to be the most popular guy. Bob asked the question: Will Steve be endorsing the nominee and the Democrat agenda before we hit our break? So, yeah, so I, I have, uh, I have endorsed Gabe. Uh, you know, we do, we do need a Democrat in in office, uh, and and that's, you know, that's part of the, you know, the quote unquote the the party politics. Um, you know, we we do need to we do need to support our candidate at this point. Um, you know, and, and in a lot of ways, I wish that that was uh, a little bit was I wish that it was a different person, uh, namely me. But but, uh, you know, that's not the way things worked out. Uh, so, you know, you you, uh, you you keep going, you move forward, uh, you learn lessons. And, uh, you know, next time around, you, you change things here and there to to adjust and, and to become a more effective campaigner. Back in a moment here on. The Upfront Program, we got a whole bunch of questions for a guy named Steve Casey. Since 1941, Brigido's Fresh Market, dedicated to quality, great cuts of meat and fresh produce from the farm. Most importantly, Brigido's was always about superior customer service. With even more, premium deli and prepared foods and the finest baked goods. Serving the northern Rhode Island area with three locations, Situate, Pascoe, and also 900 Victory Highway in Slatersville. We continue the family tradition with our core values. Stay tuned to WNRI as we continue to update our stores to serve you better, and we'll tell you all about it right here. Well, the third week of the uh, celebration of Brigido's is in effect uh, tomorrow and uh, Saturday, but we do want to mention in the Valley Breeze today a very nice feature story about uh, Brigido's and uh, some of the changes at Brigido's. You might want to check that Valley Breeze story. So, two weeks ago, we told you about the grand reopening of the Situate store for Brigido's. And last week we told you about the grand reopening of the Slatersville store for Brigido's. This week, the final week, Pascogue up in Boroughville and the grand reopening. And each week we give away a 65-inch TV set. So come on and register at our Pascogue store and take a look around see how pretty it is. Number two, um, register for... uh, for raffles, we have nice raffles going on all the time. We'll have uh, officials from Boroughville uh, doing a ribbon cutting tomorrow at uh, Brigido's. We have the, the Coca-Cola machine. You give it a hug and you get a nice prize. It might be a bottle of Coke or a can of Coke, right? Or something else. Anyway, it's all part of the, um, the reno- renovation 
and remaking of our three stores. The final store this weekend in Boroughville and Pasco Village. Hope you check us out. We are Brigidos, and we would absolutely positively love to see you. Next um, announcement is from uh, the Honey Shop. We have classes at the Honey Shop this uh, this weekend, uh, Friday, we have Mexican Fiesta cooking and dinner at 5.30. There may be a few places uh, available. And then on Saturday, September 23rd, we have at 11 a.m. preparing salsa and canning salsa. And if you would like to join that class, there may be a, a spot open. They may be sold out. But the only way to find out is to call Kathy or her staff at 766-1488, The Honey Shop at 1300 Park Avenue, right here in Woonsocket. We'd absolutely love to see you. See you. All right. You can get it out, Roger, if you work on it. And one more. And it's from Azalea's Asian Cuisine in Cumberland. And I'll, I'll tell you about a visit that my wife and I had there on Sunday. It's time to discover Azalea Asian Cuisine and Sushi Bar at 1764 Minden Road at the Route 295 Interchange, Cumberland. Study our menu and you'll find something for every taste. From soups and salads and appetizers, tempura, and delicious entrees, including seafood, beef, and chicken selections. And you'll love our Shanghai noodles, pad thai, and lo mein. Check out our dinner combination specials and luncheon specials too open every day and we welcome your online orders at azaleaasiancuisine.com and when it comes to sushi we have so many selections all fresh and made to order for you so come visit us at azalea asian cuisine and sushi bar 1764 menden road cumberland and if you have a question you can call us at 401-333-4700 we welcome you to our dining room soon all right I sent uh, Phoebe, who uh, is the owner of uh, Azalea, a little email, and um, I talked about restaurant vibe. You know, I don't know if uh, people use that term, uh, but some restaurants uh, like Longhorn, (laughs) um, they have a vibe when you walk in there. And then some restaurants like Azalea's have a vibe when you walk in there and then and they have a quiet one and we visited Sunday afternoon uh what do I like the appointments I love the way that they've decorated this uh Cumberland restaurant number two I love the soft music that was playing in the background it was just at the right volume and it really set the tone for nice dining number three I like the the service was excellent number four the cleanliness of the place from uh, from the dining room to uh, to the bathroom, uh, absolutely great. And the huge menu. So uh, I don't know if that's a testimony or not, but uh, we enjoyed our, uh, our experience there. We were there a long, long time. And uh, you will too, Azalea's. I have, to, I have to agree with you, Roger. It's a, it's a great restaurant. Um, everything you mentioned is true. The food is excellent. Yeah, the food was, yeah. I mean, I, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> you said they had a, a very extensive menu, but the food is very good. Yes, and it was tough uh, ordering off the menu. Uh, we had uh, dumplings uh, to, as an appetizer, and then uh, then I go for, are you a spicy food lover? like, uh, Or or you can hold back on that. Well, my, my mouth likes the spices for a little bit, but my stomach doesn't uh-huh. like them later. Well, my stomach and mouth love it, and uh, and I had a nice spicy uh, uh, chicken and uh, and broccoli uh, mix, and it was good. And I said extra spicy, and it came extra spicy. Thank you, uh, and let's get back to the show. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. So, this one here, I 
I expect you, that you don't really have to answer what really you feel about. But I've got to ask you the question just in case you decide to give me what you really feel about it. Rhode Island News Media. Now you've got exposure to them. They sponsored debates. They covered you. Or maybe they didn't cover you. I want a, an assessment, if you can, if you're willing to, of um, how they performed. I guess I'm part of that. I think we did all right. We tried to cover you and in a big way. You're our native son. But anyway, Steve, anything to say? Well, I, I like I said, elections are a learning process. Um, and I, I do appreciate you, you guys did cover me very well. And I know I know uh, the majority of your uh, majority of your listeners as well as you know, your hosts are, are, are fans of mine. We've become we've become friendly and uh, over the last 10, 11 years. Uh, but also, um, I really feel that I've done a good job for OneSocket and I've always tried to keep OneSocket's interest at heart, uh, no matter what we are you know, contemplating at the State House. Um, the I think there is. Uh, there's a little media bias here and there. We see it on a national level. You know, your, your different news media outlets uh, where you get your, your national news on TV, uh, you know, sometimes are a little bit slanted. Um, but it, it's, it's also, um, you know, I, it, it could be biased on, uh, from my opinion where I felt, yes, I'm a strong candidate and I need to be recognized. Um, however, in a majority of, of articles that you may read, you know, they talked about the top four candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was always uh, they listed the top four candidates and then it was like, oh, where's where, how come they're not mentioning uh, Steve Casey there? And and so for me, uh, for me, I felt, uh, you know, a little bit jaded, but they they have uh, they have certain ways of of deeming who they feel is a uh, a contender are deeming who they feel is a legitimate viable candidate. Uh, and there were some, yeah, some people that in the beginning said, well, you know what? Uh, I mean, uh, I think it was Dan McGowan in the, in the, uh, it was right around the time when the Kentucky Derby or one of the horse races was coming and he gave his odds and he put me at 50 to one. I said, oh, I would have put a thousand bucks on me right there. Uh, just, just to take the chance, uh, and and you know what? But that, you know, for me, that was a little bit of fuel in my, you know, in my fire to say, hey, you know what? These people don't. Some of these people don't think that I'm a legitimate uh, candidate, so I just tried to prove them wrong. And uh, yeah, you know, there were times uh, that uh, there were there's certain uh, there's certain debates that had rules that you had to, you know, you had to uh, meet criteria. Uh, to become uh, available or allowed into the debate. Um, and what's funny is the, the debate that I was originally kept out of uh, was uh, I, had, I had more qualifications than, than six or seven of the, the folks that were invited to the debate. So I think there were other issues involved with that. So, and those were Democrats that were uh, sponsoring that debate, as I recall. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> so some people may not feel that I'm enough of a Democrat. Um, and, and, you know, that people have opinions, um, but, uh, you know, I'm a registered Democrat. So, uh, yes, you should include me. Uh, and there were debates that I wasn't invited to uh, and other 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 forums. And that's fine. Uh, but 
that creates a that creates a bias, uh, and that creates a what what I would say is an unfair representation or an unfair uh, ability to to not be able to represent myself to a certain group of people. And uh, I get it. I understand it. You, you you deal with it and you move on, right? Yes. Let's uh, take some more phone calls. Uh, what would you like to say to Mr. Casey? Just want to congratulate. Uh, Can you get closer to the phone? We can't hear you. Okay. I'd like to uh, congratulate Representative Casey for... Closer to the phone again? If you don't get closer to the phone, we, we're radio, so the only okay. way we can hear anything is is voice. All right, Roger. I'd like to congratulate uh, Representative Casey on, on, on his run for Congress, although he was unsuccessful. I was very, very disappointed in the turnout uh, of, of Woonsocket and uh, well, North Smithfield you know, for him in, in Lincoln uh, because, I mean, you know, here you are, a Northern Rhode Island guy. You have a solid record of accomplishment in the General Assembly, and you're one of the good guys up there. And the, and the fact is is that being, being not included in, in several of those forums or debates, to me, was nonsensical, as you had stated early dealing with the those who had gone there and your qualification were far superior than most of them appreciate that so, sir anything I just, else i just want to say yeah i just want to say that uh i hope you may consider another run when the general election comes next you know next year this is only a special election yeah, so good point just uh, gather your points start getting to, uh, together with people and uh and let's let's make a big push because to me i, I personally don't like i care for mr amo I just, I just view, view him as a typical Washington bureaucrat, nothing more. All right, let's uh, ask a few of those questions. Number one, voter turnout in North Rhode Island. And number two, hey, there's another, <laughs> I forgot about that, another election right. in less than a year from now. Steve Casey. Well, I think voter turnout generally uh, was poor. Voter turnout in Rhode Island generally is poor when, you, when you're talking about a presidential election. Uh, you know, it, um, but when you're talking about this is a, this was a special election. I, you know, I was still shaking hands with people on uh, Monday. You know, Monday afternoon, they, they didn't realize that there was an. Uh, I have to vote tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, there's an election tomorrow. Um, so I think part of part of uh, you know part part of all of this uh, is you know I think poor timing. Uh, you know, we got a general. We have a, a special election the day after Labor Day. Uh, you know, schedule-wise, that's a, that's a real tough one. People are disengaged for the month of August. You know, July and August, people aren't. Majority of them, you know, are spending some vacation time, some family time, uh, or trying to work some extra hours while everybody else is on vacation. And uh, there's not a lot of people that are engaged or understand that you know there there was a special election. Um, so I think part of that is uh, is is part of the media. Uh, problem, and it's part of a, a some somewhat disengagement uh, on on the on the voters' part. Um, so, I think the the pundits originally got it right. They were expecting thirty five to forty thousand people to come out in the special election, uh, and that's based on those are the the voters that are engaged that understood that there was an, a special election coming up. So. You know, you had to figure out who those people are. Are they going to vote? And you got to convince them to vote for you. Um, so it, it's uh, special elections are difficult. Um, so you know, you you had to. It, it, pre it presented a number of different issues uh, for us. What about part two of his question? Uh, repeat the part two of the question. Part two of the question is: 
Are you going to get in it again for the second round? Well, I, I, I will say that uh, Rhode Island hasn't seen the last of me. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, you know what will what will be the next thing on the agenda. Um, but we'll certainly take a look at it. I've actually spent quite a bit of time with uh, you know with the, our our federal delegation uh, just in other in other areas. Uh, Small, especially with the Small Business Association here in Rhode Island, um, and uh, even even yesterday, myself and Rep. Phillips and uh, Marion Shalcross Smith, as well as uh, Councilman Thompson, we were in Washington D.C. for uh, Senator Reed's uh, Business Leaders Day, and that's where, you know the, there's a probably a well over 120 of us uh, flew down for the day um, to Washington D.C. at the Senate Hart Building. Uh, for a conference, and Senator Reed brought uh, our Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo, uh, was there. We talked about U.S.-China relations. We talked about reshoring uh, manufacturing, uh, chips and semiconductors, all, all of these things that affect uh, the United States economy, the United States uh, from, from a, a national security standpoint. Uh, and we heard from uh, four or five senators uh, who were great speakers. I uh, met Cory Booker from New Jersey. Um, so you know, I, I'm I am still entrenched, involved. Uh, it's not like you know, I'm not get, we're not giving up. You know, you lose your election, you go home and and uh, put your head in the sand. Uh, that's not me, caller. If you're wondering what uh, what the answer was, that uh, necessarily don't count him out. He didn't say he was running, but you know, I don't think he's uh, he didn't say no. All right, uh, another call here, and then we'll get to some emails. Hello, what would you like to say to Steve Casey? Well, I'm going to help this guy out in the most honest way possible. I'm going to tell you why I didn't vote for you. How is that going to help you? That'll help you a lot. That'll help. Everybody just wants to be your friend and give you kudos, but I'm going to I'm going to help you in the real way. I'm I'm always I'm always acceptable to constructive criticism. So go right ahead. Three reasons. I added one while I was on hold. You're going to support (laughs) Gay Bamo. Gay Bamo is not qualified for this job. You know it. He's a concierge. He's a glorified concierge. He's got no experience. And I can't believe that you're going to say you're going to back Gabe Amo instead of just backing the right guy. All right, that's number one. We are limited in time here. What's number two? Okay. Number two, you gave Joe Biden a pretty high grade for what he's been doing with the country. You're out of touch with one socket. That's why no one came out to vote for it. You flip-flopped. You said you are pro-choice. Okay. I mean, pro-life, and then you went to pro-choice. Hey, Mr. Casey, when you flip-flop, you got to do it after you win the election, not during the campaign, buddy. All right. Okay. We've got the so three points. We're going to go back. I on will them. answer the questions, right. too. Um, so the second High question, points on Joe Biden. Um, I don't recall giving Joe Biden high points right. uh, during the election. There was a question. Uh, there were a few questions regarding President Biden's campaign uh, and at certain times within the campaign at certain forms. And one one time we were asked, uh, you know, would you support President Biden's uh, re-election campaign? And I said that he hasn't called me to support my election, so we're going to hold on that. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, that's, and that's all fine. Uh, and there was another, uh, another forum where 
uh, I was the only one that didn't raise my hand of the Democrats that would say straight up at this point that I would support President Biden. So that's that's uh, well, we heard somewhere that you gave him high points. Yeah. And so, OK, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about the, the flip flop on abortion. The, the fl- well, people will call it a flip flop. Well, that's let, what he called. It. Let, let's let's say this right now. Uh, I am I am a pro life guy. I am a first responder. I was born, raised Catholic. I'm a was an altar boy. I'm an Eagle Scout. I'm a first responder. Um, I, I, the, the thought of abortion to me, uh, I, I abhor it. However, um, there is a, it's, it's been a woman's right to choose for well over 50 years. And I don't, I'm not equipped to make a decision for a woman. Uh, I am a constitutionalist at heart. Roger, you know that. And I believe that, you know, every person should have the right to govern uh, their own body. So I, I, I have to, in my mind, I have to support a woman's right to choose, although I am personally pro-life. So I'm not going to tell somebody what to do with their body just the way you wouldn't want somebody to tell you what to do with anything. And I believe that the government is it should not be in your bedroom. They should not be in your gun closet and they should not be uh, in the uh, in the doctor's office with you and your and your health care provider. Thank you. I'm going to uh, move on to uh, another uh, question. Will there be. Uh, we had a, an election in half the state. We have two congressional districts, second and first. And so from Woonsocket down to Newport, we did the first congressional district. So you participated in a half a state election. Do we need to change anything in the election procedures when it comes to s- signing uh, signing papers? Do we need to change something uh, about early voting? Do we need to make any changes? And, and if there is, do you propose uh, that somebody is going to... Introduce them in January. So uh, I, I think that I think that with this election, we we did learn we did learn a few things. Um, so first off, the early voting, um, and and if you look at it from a from a standpoint, um, we had one candidate who was who dropped out of the election halfway through the early voting process. So there were already people that cast their votes for him uh so unfortunately those those votes you may say were wasted um you know the, those people still they were they, they may yeah they may not have an issue with it but you know uh there are some votes there that people could say well you know what because he dropped out i wasn't counted so uh i think early voting has has its advantages it helps people uh you know it helps people who can't uh get to the polls on a regular at a regular time the 20 days advanced i i think that that might be uh an extreme and we may need to look at uh you know a a different way of doing that uh it's not going to be a proposal that i'm going to be concerned with um and then the other question you talked about is you know with signatures and things like that um so it's always been a tradition, and I, I would say a tradition, uh, meaning, you know, you go out and shake hands, you ask people to vote for you, and you get their signature. And you know, I've said this before on the on the radio. Uh, I ran a bit, of, you know, more of a grassroots campaign. My my dad and I went to the supermarket together. 
uh, and corralled people, introduced, you know, those that I didn't know. I knew a lot of people there, but those that I didn't know, I introduced myself. My dad introduced himself to them um, and said, would you please sign, you know, would you please sign my nomination papers? Um, and we spent uh, we spent a good amount of time uh, doing that. And w- on days that I had to work at the fire station, uh, my dad went out on his own to stop and shop over in North Smithfield and, and Lincoln as well. Um, so we also ran what we call a Bear and Dynamite event down at the Elks Club. And we probably got about 200 yeah, signatures. That's where I got uh, the signature. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we got about 200 signatures there. Um, you know, there's a way to do things. I, 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 I was absolutely shocked that, uh, that Sabina Matos' campaign was actually paying people to go and get signatures. I said, when, when you're a, a candidate, when you're running for office, this is what you do. You go shake hands and you ask people about themselves. You ask them to sign your paper and that's how you get to know people. Uh, so, so for me, uh, you know, for me, I, I have, I don't have an issue with having to. You don't see heavy duty reform coming then. Uh, I don't. No. I, I think, I think maybe we see a little bit more of a, uh, you know, a little bit more of a check and balance system with the actual signatures. Um, and that's and that's all good, but for me, I, I think that that's part of the that's part of that process. We're almost over here. Good morning, Roger. I and wish. Well, well, I wish we had more time. Go ahead, yeah. and uh, we can bring you back. You know, you're sure. Not, uh, you got a little more time than, sure. than before. Right. Good morning, Roger and uh, Rep. Uh, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> Regretfully. You were defeated by Gabe Amo, a man I never heard of, in my opinion, another example of D.C. Democrat machine and failure of voters to show up. Two questions. Would you ever consider jumping ship and joining an independent party? Do you think Biden has a mental acuity to be president for four more years? You only have a minute to answer those two questions. Well, I'm not jumping ship and I'm not going to I'm not going to make any judgments about uh, President Biden's mental acuity because I'm not around him enough to uh to make that judgment um so no i'm not jumping ship uh i i think that the democrat party has a lot to offer uh you know like everything uh like you know we have people who disagree uh fundamentally on certain issues but i think i think there are a lot of things that we can all agree upon and those are the things we have to work we we have to work together on um I, I understand your your opinion about Gabe Amo, and and you know I think the the proof will be in the pudding as to whether he he is uh, going to be uh, acting for the people of Rhode Island or acting with influence from Washington, um, and and you know that that will be uh, that will be remain to be seen. Thank you for joining us on the program, and uh, we'll uh, have you back in maybe a well, couple of weeks or so. As the campaign progresses, as soon as soon as I can, as soon as I can get back here, Raj, I, I would love to spend more time with you. Thank you. Good day, everybody. See you tomorrow on the Upfront program. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at eight a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk thirteen eighty WNRI Woonsocket.